All right, who's excited? Come on. See, I'd like to do something a little bit different. For you guys who have been uh, part of Cultivate, call Cultivate Home, uh, you're connected, plugged in here. Uh, I want to start out this morning by those of you who are, that would be in that category, to welcome those who are here visiting. So on the count of three, we're going to say welcome to Cultivate to everybody else, okay? So you've got to join me in this, otherwise it's going to be very embarrassing for me. Okay? We try to minimize that around here. I know. I know. We really don't. All right, so on the count of three, welcome to Cultivate. Ready? One, two, three. Welcome to Cultivate. Yeah, baby. <laughs> I, yeah. Um, it, it is really, truly uh, our sincere hope that you do feel welcome here. Uh, this is our public launch. This is a day when we turn a corner, uh, when we start to kind of exist in a new frame of being. We're still the same church. We've been here since January. Uh, we're just going to be a little bit more public about it from now on. So I hope that uh, you enjoy yourself this morning, that God really speaks to your heart and says a new thing in your life, because we believe with everything that within us that he has been at work in here. Any, any football fans in the house? Today? Yeah, I didn't think so. There, there's, a, there's a game happening today that, uh, you know, a lot of you have had it marked off on your calendars, right? Yes? Browns Dolphins, yes? Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. Giants Eagles. How many of you think the Giants are going to win? How about the Eagles? How many of you really don't care because you're closet Patriots fans? I know I got one in the house. I was hoping to get a reaction. It just didn't work. <laughs> it's the reason I invited him today, actually, because I was hoping for some support on that. Um, we get kind of excited for football season. At least a, a lot of us do. And it kind of signifies a, a new season, right? A, a turning of the calendar. Summer is now gone. We're moving into fall. And uh, if you have a team that you love and you get behind and you support, then this can kind of be an exciting season for you. And uh, I know for myself, um, I have a particular shirt that I love uh, that, that is uh, for my team. And I, I pull this shirt out all the time and I wear it. The thing about this shirt, though, is it is falling apart, right? It, it has holes everywhere in it. Like the, the, the seam is just coming apart. You can barely read the words on the front. And yet I pull it out constantly and wear the thing to, to my, Mandy's, you know, utter disgrace, right? Just because it does something for me. It, <laughs> it reminds me of the story of my team, correct? Does it not? It reminds me of the championships. It reminds me of some of the hard times. It reminds me of gathering around with my friends around a television set and rooting for them and wanting to see them succeed, wanting to see them move forward, wanting to see them get another championship, correct? And so many of us have those kinds of shirts. How many have that kind of shirt for, for your team? It's like falling apart, right? You, you can barely put the thing on because you're not sure which one's the neck hole anymore because there are so many holes in it. 
How many of you spouses of those people who have that shirt would love nothing more than for a bad accident to happen to that shirt? Yes? But how many of you know, and be honest with me, that even if you set that shirt on fire, it would still end up in the laundry somehow? <laughs> like, it was charred, and now it's... The reason I bring this up uh, is because this uh, week for me has been a lot like putting on that shirt. This week for me has been a lot like rediscovering the passion for my team and where it's heading and the vision for its direction. It's been a lot like putting on that T-shirt that reminds me so much of why I got involved in the first place. Um, I went through and listened to a few of the messages from back in January that we gave to talk about the new vision of this church that was yet unnamed, and uh, it rekindled in me a passion for my team. And it was a lot like putting on that T-shirt and rediscovering what it was that God wanted us to do when he began this thing with a group of about, I don't know, 45, 50 people back in January when we started this thing out together as a core team. And so I realized that today I'm speaking to a few different people. Today I'm speaking to some people who would be in that same category as I was, who are sort of putting on that shirt again, rediscovering the passion for the team that you've been involved with back since January until now. And my prayer for you this morning is that you would rediscover a passion like I have for that original vision. But I know that that's not the only group of people that I'm speaking to today. There's a group of people here today who are kind of trying on a new jersey. Who It, it isn't that old, recognized, sort of, I, I know what to expect jersey. It is something entirely new. And so you're not sure even if the colors fit you. You're not sure if it's a right fit or a right match for you, and you're trying something new. And let me just say from the very beginning, that is a great place for you to be today. That is a great place to be. And my prayer for you today is that you would experience something of the presence of God in your life, maybe like you haven't experienced in years, and you'd start to see maybe that this you know, jersey that we are presenting to you may be your future as well as ours, that God might be merging our two paths into a similar direction. And yet I know there's a third group here that are probably here because you're friends of this team, and you're just here to root while you're here. You're here to support friends and just to be here uh, because we're launching and we're doing something new. And so I thank you guys for coming out and being a part of what God is doing here. The reason that I sort of use this analogy is because um, whatever category you fall into, it makes very little difference to me. Because what I'm talking about today is what I feel in my heart, in my mind, in my soul, with everything that's within me, in my gut, that God has led us to this point to do something very specific. And today is not the end, it's just the beginning of what he's about to do. And so I can speak to all three groups of people with confidence, knowing that God is going to, is about to, is doing a new work in us. And regardless of whether or not you connect with us today, our passion is really just to let you know why we're here and what we're about. Amen? All right. So if you have a Bible with you, you can open it to Matthew 23. Uh, if not, the, uh, the scripture will be up on the screen, and you can take a look at it there. 
In Matthew 23, Jesus is now collecting around himself a whole group of people who are starting to listen to what he has to say. And he's already called a very specific group of people, which he calls disciples. Those are people that are learning to be like him and want to follow in his footsteps. But there are a number of other people that are involved in Jesus and interested in what he has to say. So in Matthew 23, we've now gathered around Jesus. He's, he's come to a place to teach this crowded group of people who've now amassed around him and said, I want to hear what Jesus has to say today. And so that's what we're going to look at today. It's a very interesting passage, and uh, I'll kind of explain it as it as it goes. But it starts out by saying this. Then Jesus said to the crowds and to his disciples, Teachers of the law and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. So you must obey them and do everything that they tell you. There are a group of people called Pharisees who were the religious rule keepers. They were the authorities of their day on everything spiritual, on everything religious, on everything that had to do with the God of Israel. And these people were put into that place in order to keep the law, which is what they had, their Bible, and communicate that to the people so that they would know how to live their lives. And Jesus says about these people, they were placed there, they actually sit in a seat of authority, therefore it would be really good for you to listen to what they have to say. They're an important group of people, so listen up. But then he says this, But do not do what they do, for they do not practice what they preach. They tie up heavy loads and put them on men's shoulders, but they themselves are not willing to lift a finger to move them. In other words, these religious people who were placed into this position, assumingly by God, Uh, have not lived up to the standard of what they themselves have preached. Their theology, what they claim to say about God, is flawless. And yet the way they live has absolutely nothing to do with what they say. Boy, it's a good thing we don't ever experience that kind of thing today, right? We have a pretty specific word for what that's called. What, what is that word? Hypocrisy. Hypocrisy, yeah. And Jesus is calling these people out, calling them on the carpet, and saying, these people who God has put in this place of authority save every right thing and yet do almost nothing about it. Gosh, that's a shame, right? Not only that, but the things that they teach people in their everyday lives... They end up weighing them down because they're just rules that have been piled on top of a person to to weigh them down and keep them actually from doing and being all that God said that they are to do and to be. It's having the inverse effect that Jesus says God intends for people who live in that time. Unfortunately, and you don't have to raise your hand, Um, But I would guess that many of you have had that same experience when it comes to church life. Yes? Me too. You've probably had an experience where people who should be representing God, claiming to be about the things that are of God, teaching about God, are teaching one thing and yet living a different way. They are teaching love and compassion and yet never show it. They want people to know about Jesus, but they're not willing to live like Jesus. 
Many churches are content with making a point rather than making a difference. The reason that I use this today is because I need to, on behalf of the church, ask for your forgiveness. Because for too long, the church has acted in one way, called people to a certain way of life, and yet not lived up to that calling in the slightest. We want to see people come to Jesus and be saved, and yet we're not willing to extend our hand to people in need. We want people to become holy, and yet we're not willing to become holy ourselves. If that's been your experience of church life, then I am profoundly sorry, and I ask for your forgiveness on behalf of the church. (laughs) Thanks. There's a difference in the way Jesus talks about it, though. And listen to the shift that he makes here when he comes to verse 11 to talk about the kind of movement that he wants to create. He says, the greatest among you, talking to this crowd, right, will be your servant. For whoever exalts himself will be humbled. Whoever humbles himself will be exalted. Notice that Jesus is talking not just to his disciples, but to the crowd. And my sort of suspicion is that his disciples are crowded in front of him, right? They're, they're in the front row seats. And then this crowd is sort of around them. And Jesus is kind of speaking over his disciples to the rest of the crowd and saying, look, you guys have experienced people that teach one thing and live a different way. Those who are greatest among you, those who should have your ear, who, should, who you should spend time listening to, they will be your servant. How do you think the disciples took that? we got some work to do, right? We need to change the perception. We need to let people know that we want to live like Jesus who spent his life for the sake of other people. The reason I use this passage to introduce Cultivate Church is because our deepest desire is to be a church that exists for the good of people who don't attend here. I'm going to say that again. We exist for the good of people who don't attend here. Because we believe that in doing so, we are being like Jesus. We want to seek to be servants of all, because when we do, we become like the Savior who we claim to serve and to follow and to love and to live for. So let me kind of speak over to the heads of the people who call Cultivate Home to maybe those of you who are experiencing this for the first time. Uh, I might say something that you've probably never heard in church before. So, uh, you know. (laughs) You have no reason to believe if you don't see a difference in this church. If you're here looking for something to believe, and you find a group of people who live their lives exactly like every person that you've ever known in your life, then you have no reason to believe. But, there's a big but, if you find a people here who are giving their lives for the sake of Jesus and his good news for the world, then listen up, because it turns out that the greatest among us, Jesus, 
is at the very center of what we're doing. That's our prayer. We want you to experience a group of people who are trying to live life differently because of what God is doing in us and through us by His Spirit. You know, it's kind of like this. If, if you experience somebody who claims to love a certain diet, and yet you, you've never seen any difference in their life, and they're saying, you've got to try this diet. It is fantastic. It will change your life. And, they, and then you say to them, great, how much have you lost? Nothing. But the, the food is great. <laughs> Chances are you're not going to try that diet, right? So let me give you a picture of what I'm actually talking about today. The reason that we exist, a picture of our future and what we believe that God is doing in and among us. Um, New Jersey, what do you think of when you think of New Jersey? Traffic, yes. What else? Sorry? Garden State. Yeah, what a weird name for New Jersey, right? (laughs) Jug handles, yeah. New Jersey is the most densely populated state in the country, and yet it's called the Garden State. Isn't that weird, right? Do you know why it's called the the Garden State? It is called the Garden State because quite a few number of years ago, at America's Centennial Exhibition, which happened in Philadelphia, there was a guy by the name of Abraham Browning who stepped up to the mic to talk about New Jersey. And when he did so in his address, he compared New Jersey to an immense barrel filled with good things to eat and open at both ends. So get this picture in your mind. New Jersey is intended to be this barrel filled with all this produce, fruit, and vegetables that's open in both ends with Pennsylvanians grabbing from one end and New Yorkers grabbing from the other. New Jersey was intended to be the breadbasket of the Northeast. Did you know that? That's what it was designed for. There were a number of gardens here, farms, that produced fruit and vegetables for people in other crowded cities and places. And he called the state the Garden State, and it's stuck ever since. Maybe it's not true anymore, but it's stuck. It was intended to be a place of fertile soil, a place that went out from New Jersey and blessed other people. Folks, we are called Cultivate Church because we believe that God's vision for our church is to capture that very essence of what was intended to be for New Jersey. That that God has for this group of people a vision for the future in which we are a center of blessing where God is creating so much produce, so many good things, so much nourishment here that it can't help but spill out from this like a double-sided open barrel onto the communities around us. Our vision is to be for people what New Jersey was intended to be for New York and PA. That's our vision. And we believe that God is increasingly, steadily moving us towards that vision of the future. That's the reason that we exist. If you're in a place where you feel physically, spiritually, emotionally empty, 
then my prayer is that you have found the right place. My great hope is that you would leave today believing that God may actually be doing a new thing in your life, that he may be bringing to your soul and to your spirit fresh nourishment today like you haven't experienced in years. That's my prayer for you today. So how are we going to do it? Um, Cultivate, if you haven't noticed by now, is a verb, correct? Uh, And that means that we are about action. And so there are a few things that make us um, kind of our values and what we try to attain here as a church. And so I kind of want to outline those for you today. And that will be sort of the shape of our fruit and how we attain the goal that we are seeking after to be this open barrel for the communities around us. And so there are a few things that we cultivate as a church. The first thing that we cultivate are big ideas. Did you know that in your week, you experience about 30,000 messages? Different messages that come into your brain that have been sent by advertising, TV, billboards, uh, friends, people, you name it. You you are bombarded each and every week with about 30,000 different messages telling you to do and to go and to be different things. And so as a church, what we want to try to do is to minimize the number of messages that you get. And so we do our very best on every Sunday to present to you one big idea that we believe will change your life. Just one idea. And we carry that one idea into our junior youth, which is now meeting downstairs to discuss the very same thing, into our youth ministry, who will meet this evening and discuss the very same thing in a, in a way that's appropriate for them in their lives, that it speaks to them. And we do that through our life groups. Very same message and how we're going to apply it, how we're going to live out this one thing. Because we figure if we present one message every week really well, then 52 weeks down the road, you're going to be a different person. If we jumble that up, then what are you supposed to know and to do and to be and to live? You have no direction. What did you learn in church today? Uh, I don't know. There's a lot of things. So we, if we can simplify the message, we can multiply the impact. That's our belief. And so we try to cultivate big ideas. The second thing that we do is we cultivate missional communities. These are our gatherings of people who meet in communities. We call them life groups where we get serious about living out that one big idea each and every week. And so what you see here this morning is really only half the equation. Uh, This is only part of the community that you see. And the rest happens in homes that are scattered around our area. And so we would encourage you, if you're interested at all, in being part of the life of Cultivate Church, that you get involved in a community called a life group. Over the next several weeks, as we continue a series called Something to Believe in, we're going to be talking about the major tenets of our faith, what it is that makes Christianity different from everything else and why it's so important for daily life. And so if you're only here on Sundays but not in a group, you're going to miss half the conversation because most of it will be happening in those groups. And our goal when we do that is transformation. It's not information. We want to see groups transform people into Jesus to, to make a difference in their lives so that they wouldn't leave 
the same people as they showed up. The third thing that we cultivate here is global action. Uh, you won't find that word in the dictionary, but it's a combination of global and local. And so we believe that Jesus sent us in the world to act on his behalf, to bring a sense of the kingdom which he proclaimed to people who know no experience of that kingdom before. And so we do this locally, we do it regionally, and we're about to do it globally. And so some of you have seen on your way in the uh, Deep Roots Garden. Anybody see that on the way in? Hard to miss, right? It's pretty big. 32 10 by 10 plots. Most of those plots are taken up by people that aren't here right now. They are people who are in our community who needed a plot of land to grow food for their families. And so we said, we have land, you have a need, let's connect those two things and make it happen. That's what we do locally. Regionally, we partner with the South Jersey Food Bank to do a food pantry that's fed over 100 families since February. Many, many people have come in. We've given away thousands of bags of food to people who are in need of sustenance in their lives. Globally, we're going to be working uh, in a few different areas. And actually, as this series goes on, we're going to unveil what those areas are. Um, so I'm very excited for that. You may ask me, why is it that you talk so much about produce? And we believe this, because the evidence uh, that we are plugged in, that we are in line with Jesus and what he wants to do in the world, is that we are good trees who produce good fruit. Jesus put it this way, Make a tree good and its fruit will be good, or make a tree bad and its fruit will be bad. For a tree is recognized by its fruit. And so as a church, we want to be known by the fruit that we produce for others. This is why Cultivate's mission is this. It's to grow communities rooted in Christ that produce fruit for the good of the garden state in the world. See, the measure of our church has never been, nor will ever be, measured in attendance. The measure of our church, the success of Cultivate Church, will be measured in our impact on communities that we have the privilege to touch through the ministries of this church. So if uh, producing fruit is what we're about, the question then becomes, how do we do it? How is it that this is actually done? And we do that by sinking deep roots into Christ. That's the other half of the equation. We want to produce rich fruit, and we do it through deep roots in Christ. Jesus says this, I am the vine, and you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. Have you ever had this experience? You plug in an address into your GPS. You get in the car, right? You, you, you put it into the GPS. You start driving, and then like three-quarters of the way there, you realize it's the wrong address. And you're like, <laughs> you're supposed to lead me to the correct address, and the road is closed, or the directions are wrong, or the road doesn't exist. <laughs> you ever have that experience? Mandy and I were coming home from my parents' house one time. We were driving through Pennsylvania because we had to go to her house. 
for her parents' house before we came home. And uh, we got to a certain place in the road, and the GPS just started, started veering off to the side. And we're, in the, and we're driving down the road, and according to the GPS, we are in the middle of a cornfield. And so every, like, 500 yards or so, the GPS is going, turn around, turn left, go back, recalculating, turn right. What are you doing? You idiot. (laughs) And what had happened was the road had actually moved a couple hundred yards from where it had been, but the GPS wasn't reprogrammed. And so it was trying to lead us to a different destination. Our goal, both today and the future, is to lead the people of our church and the people of this area closer and closer and closer to Jesus. So if you're here today and you're looking for a perfect church, I promise you, you will go away disappointed. (laughs) That's my promise to you. (laughs) At some point, we will disappoint you. We will let you down. We will fail to meet your needs. We will offend you, if I haven't already. (laughs) It will happen. But we as a church believe with everything that's within us that the destination that we want to lead you to is Jesus, not to cultivate church. We are a means to another end. We are not an end in ourselves. We love Jesus. We serve Him. We exist for Him. We exist to introduce other people to Him. We want to become more like Him. And it's not because we believe that we have all the answers. It's because we believe that the one answer we've been given is the only destination worth arriving at. We believe that we exist to experience Jesus and to lead people towards Him. So maybe you've spent a lot of time on the road of life arriving at destinations that have left you feeling like you've been dropped off in the wrong place. I know for myself, I spent many, many years doing that very same thing, following different paths down different roads, just hoping that they would lead me to a place where I could have a better life. And every other one that I tried led me to a place of more pain, more sorrow, less fulfillment, less contentment, less joy, less hope. It was only when I found the path that led me down the road to Jesus that everything changed. And so my prayer for our church is that we would always lead you down the path to find the thing worth finding. And it turns out that it's not somewhere but it's someone. And so no matter what your experience has been of church, and no matter how many times you may have been burned in the past by people who claimed one thing and yet lived differently, no matter how (laughs) irrelevant or out of touch you believe that the church has been for your particular life, I want you to know that there is a destination worth finding. That destination is Jesus, who will never leave you, 
will never forsake you, will never disappoint you, will always forgive you, will always believe you, will always come to you and show himself strong in your life. Jesus put it this way. He says, The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they might have life and have it to the full. Maybe your experience of God has been one of taking. Maybe your experience of God is one that's left you less fulfilled, not more fulfilled. I think what Jesus would have me say in this moment is that he has come so that you may have life and have it in more abundance than you ever thought possible. That's the Jesus that we love. That's the Jesus that we serve. That's the Jesus that we talk about today. Jesus came to this world not to steal anything from you, but to give you new life, new hope in him. And so as a church, we exist to give new life, new hope, new things to the people that we have the opportunity to touch and to see changed by the grace of God more and more and more into Jesus. That's who we serve today. And that's who we hope you'll get to know. So let's pray. Father, thank you that uh, that you have brought us on this journey. Father, thank you that that though there was once a people here without direction, without hope, that you created new hope among us, that you gave us new vision and new direction, and by your grace, you're allowing us to move into the future which you've planned for us. And so, God, as we go public today, as we celebrate the birth of a church, we pray, Father, with everything that's within us, that we as your people would reflect who you are. We pray, God, that you would provide fresh hope, not just for us, but to the people that we have the opportunity to touch in your name. God, I pray for a fresh sense of your presence with us. I pray that if there are any here who this is a new experience for them, that they're putting on a jersey that they've never put on before and are seeing how it fits, that today you would speak to them, that you'd tell them that you love them, you'd tell them that Jesus came to this earth, lived a sinless life, died on the cross, rose again, and that the punishment that he endured is enough to forgive us of every sin and give us new life. Pray that as a church we would always remember our story and always remember to give you thanks and praise and glory for what you've done here. And God, we trust you for our future. In Christ's name, amen.